Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. How's it going, everybody? So welcome to today's show. Really simple, really easy, really queasy. So we're going to talk about how the 2021 stock market crash, which really should have happened quite a while ago. I mean, I'm talking about massive crash. We're talking about hard, um, just because we're in a crazy bubble. Now, it is possible that with the amount of money printing, we're probably not going to see a stock market crash. It is possible. But there's also a lot of things that need to happen for a stock market crash. And look, I don't want one per se. It's not like I wake up in the morning, oh, I just hope the market crashes. I really don't. I mean, I bet for the market to keep going up, but I'm not an idiot. I know when something's really overvalued, and I know when something just needs to have a massive correction. The stock market needs a massive correction. There are so many overvalued assets in the market, it's unreal. And the moment we get that through our thick skulls, the better. Um, and it's a little bit frustrating, because I, I see what's going on, and... I guess nobody's willing to admit it. We're in denial about the fact there's a bubble. Like, uh, no, but there is massive denial about the fact that there is a real, real stock market bubble. So, Drinking a little bit of mint tea. Actually, seriously, no joke, mint tea is a great stress reducer. Seriously, get some peppermint tea. You can get that shit at a health food store. You can get it. I usually like, sometimes we'll get it at Fred Meyer uh, grocery. Peppermint tea, straight up. Don't want to go overboard that. I, it says to brew it for about 10 minutes. I brew it for five. I think it's a little bit oversaturated when you go up to 10, but yeah, you can pause the directions, just go five minutes and call it good. But um, I just like the relaxation feel from mint tea. Cause I do have to admit, I'm kind of an anxious person. You know, I've I've got a lot of a lot of pent up energy sometimes, and but honestly, this kind of gets the mind working too. It's like a relaxed focus. So peppermint teas, and even though I'm not a financial advisor or a medical advisor, I su- suggest you get this. <clears throat> All right. So in today's episode, I'm just gonna give you a quick preview. We're really just talking about the fact that the 2008 crash is really about to happen. I mean, 2000. Sorry, the 2008 crash is the same type of crash is going to happen <laughs> where's the real estate market <laughs> where the real estate market market is the catalyst and we just need to really realize this so um hoping we do probably won't but here we go cue the intro music Romy. all right it. coming to you live but how fast is he coming it's a little bit disturbing how much this man comes his name in the corner we have michael garza He's the financial boy wonder, and he's ready to teach you everything you need to know. And he's coming to you live, and he's coming out the gates right now. Can you handle it? Are you ready for it? Boys and girls, ladies and gents, it's time for Michael Garza. He's ready for you. Get that, get that jizz ready. Get that jizz ready. He's about to teach you finance, baby. All right, we're back. So I think I'm going to start the show off. I'm going to try to do a surprise call to a friend, family member, just somebody I know in general. Uh, I'm trying to think about who I want to get on here. 
taking a look at the uh, messenger. I do like, I'm not going to lie, I do like communicating through uh, Facebook. It's not a bad way to do it. <laughs> so, let's see. Now, there's a few people I think just wouldn't really ever do it, but I'm kind of curious here. Oh, I am kind of curious. So, let's see what we got. Now, I mean, so while I'm searching, so I kind of want to talk about how the fact that there's a lot of there's a lot of writing on the wall. And by writing on the wall, I mean like it's everywhere. Um first off the ever uh evergrande situation or evergrande whatever the hell they're called. That's that's a big deal, man. <laughs> that's a big ass deal. And the problem with the whole situation, it's really really simple. So they had a mountain of debt. They were an entire company built on nothing but massive debt. And they defaulted on a lot of their payments. So, I mean, this level of debt, like seriously, it's mountains and mountains of debt. And it's tough for this company specifically to even be able to pay it off at this point, I believe. And China, of course, they're, they're not going to bail them out. China doesn't like the fact that there are wealthy people. Because, well, first off, wealthy people, if there's wealthy people... That's also inspirational for people to rise up and try to be wealthy as well. So the Chinese communist government, of course, wants to stifle anybody who gets wealthy and punish them. Just like how Joe Biden's trying to do that right now in America. And look, you guys, I'm not a, com I'm not a communist. I'm not a fan of communism. I think it's a bullshit idea. Collectivism doesn't work with human beings. The history is there to prove that. Now, I'm not going to go on a political systems diatribe, but... Think about it. This this Evergrande situation is not going to be good. Going to be a lot of people who don't get their money back, uh, and by that probably just big banks and stuff. I I really do find this is going to be just the same old shit all over again. So okay, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, it's just funny. I don't know. I find the humor in all of it. I just find um, I find what's going on interesting i really do like i just i don't want to see things go to shit but things are gonna go to shit and it happens <laughs> and maybe at this point we should just accept it <clears throat> you know i mean just kind of just roll with it i don't really know what to do at this point so i am trying to find a good person to uh to do this um Hmm. I don't know, man. This is tough. I'm trying to find the. Uh. I might change my name on Facebook here in a moment, but I'm trying to find a good. There's not a lot of people I know who are really. I mean, my boy. Uh, he's sleeping though, so my boy. I know he likes to remain anonymous, so I try not to say his name or anything. Um, hmm. This will take just another moment, though. Thanks for everybody's patience. I really just kind of want to... <laughs> 
It's interesting. So give me just a few more moments, you guys. I'm still trying to find somebody to get on here. But anyway, I'm going to try to come and talk to it. But I talk about a couple other patterns I noticed. So first off, everybody's getting into investing with many options, no commission fees, right? There's no commission fees anymore. So you can just, everybody can get in and start getting a piece of the pie. Here's the problem, though. Since everybody's investing, everybody's getting into index funds. And when everybody gets into index funds, they're pumping up some, They're pumping up 500 companies like the S&P 500 companies or however many amount of companies are in each index. But they are unjustifiably pumping up each and every one of these companies. And I don't have to tell you how that's bad because that when it's out, when it's too far outside evaluation, they start missing their earnings expectations and they, they can't live up to that potential. They can't live up to that growth rate. So what has to happen? There has to be a correction. I think there's going to be a correction across the board. <clears throat> S&P 500, 20%, 15% correction. Um, I mean, it's tough to say. I really do believe there's going to be a huge ass correction. Um, if there isn't, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be shocked. But, but yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what what's down the pipe. You know, what's go, what's going down the pipe, and we're at this time where inflation could very well overinflate the stock market even further. Which, you know, honestly, it's economics 101. This is why I hate the Fed. This is why I hate the fact that we bailed out the 2008 crisis and and just kept kept the band same band aid on for the last 11 years. Problem is nothing's really healing. It's it, it's bad. Money printing is terrible. I don't. I just. I just, I just don't get it, man. Economics one hundred and one. Don't print money. Stupid. Dumb. However, nobody listens. Everybody's too busy. Well, basically not listening to the to, to pure economic theory. And you print that much money, you're just gonna devalue the currency. You're going to make it to where the middle class get fucked. You're going to make it to where the poor get fucked. It's not good. This is why I'm so against money printing, and I wish the government would just stay the hell out of it. Let this crash happen. I, I'm not going to lie. I do have some interest in this. I will make a lot of money if the market crashes, even 30%. Like a 30% crash would make me a very rich man. Like it's not even funny. But even if it doesn't, if it continues to go up like it's been... I'll still make money. It doesn't really matter either way. I've played both sides effectively. It's just a matter of what the result is actually going to be. Um, I mean, honestly, you put a gun to my head, and I'm going to tell you I think the market's crashing. It should crash, at least. But at the same time, it's just so tough for me to choose, man. It's tough to choose on this one. Because... You have to consider one more factor. With all the money the government's printing, can we say for absolute sure, for absolute certain, that we're going down the right path? And I just don't believe so. Um, from what I've seen, we're really... I don't even know anymore, man. This is rough. And I... I want to see a successful America. I want to see us succeed. I really do want to see win, you know, but I just, I have to bet that against the U.S. economy, we're too overvalued, we're printing, we're debasing our currency, and it's just getting, it's getting worse and worse and worse. The more money that's being printed, the more we're, the more our, the more we're fucking ourselves, and if you don't consider this, 
as a warning, it's a warning. And now I'm not saying to suddenly bet against the economy, like go all in on betting against the economy because you could be wrong. Inflation, inflation's interesting. Inflation can make stock assets like stocks go up, and I'll tell you why. Because um, the inflationary forces make it to where the consumer prices go up, right? And when consumer prices go up, people have to spend more for the items that they get every day anyway. So a company like Coca-Cola, for instance, their stock, their earnings are going to go up really, really high because they've sold not more Coca-Cola, but they've sold each of the same, pretty much the same product at a higher amount. Therefore, in turn, it shows the earnings are really a lot higher when they're not. It's just because of inflation. And the consumer, and this is why I say the poor and middle class get fucked, because inflation makes it to our prices for everyday items that middle class to poor people buy all the time go higher. It doesn't matter about the rich people at this point because rich people, man, they, they know how to invest anyway. That's why they're rich. They know that saving money's stupid. That's the difference. The difference if you want to know the difference between a rich person and a poor middle I consider by the way, I consider poor and middle class in the same category. Right there. Same category. Rich people are way over here, right? So the reason, and I'm not saying rich people should be put on a pedestal. Hell no. I'm just trying to say that there is a difference in mentality between a rich person and a poor person and a middle class person, right? There's a real difference. The, the rich, first off, they understand that cash is trash and they want as little to do with it as possible. Now, they do hoard money. Don't get me wrong. They hoard money because they, like me, understand there is the high possibility of a market crash. So hoard your cash as much as you can. And when that crash happens, that's when you're going to buy, 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 buy everything in your sight. And because you're getting everything at a great deal. That's one thing that's great about market crashes. If they're really, really intense, like 30% drop, 40% drop, if that even happens, I think the world will flip on a lid. Um, but I mean, I, like I said, I will be rich and that's no consolation prize. You'll probably all be pissed at me, but I bet against the market because I saw this coming. It's really, really simple. Now I also saw the inflation coming. So there is a possibility that it may do the inverse of what I think it's going to do. It may go up forever and we may continue the same bull run that we've had since 2008, but it can't last. It maybe it can. You know, there's a lot of investors in the market who just keep pumping it up. Even the retail investors keep pumping all these fucking stocks up, and it's just not good. <clears throat> so where do we go from here? Well, we can just keep investing and investing and investing. And I mean, I'm a firm believer in dividend stocks. I really am. Um, one of the reasons why I'm not always inclined to buy the S&P 500, instead I just like to pick the stocks that are in the S&P 500, the ones that pay a decent dividend. I just kind of buy and hold those. Now, don't get me wrong, I still, on other brokerage accounts, I do have an S&P 500 index fund. Um, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's interesting to me. <laughs> it really is. But I'm having a great, a great time, and... Um, I don't know. I just kind of hope that uh, I'm really just hoping we all see where this goes, right? Because I'm a little bit nervous as to where this is going to go. It's I, I'm nervous for everybody else. Like I said, I've positioned myself to where the market goes down rapidly, I'm protected. If the market goes up, up rapidly, I'm protected because I'm winning on both ends. I've played both sides effectively. It took four months to do this, by the way. It's not one of those things that I choose to play both sides, and therefore it's going to work. No, it takes four months because you have to build it up a little bit. You know, you have to... 
buy here, sell here, buy here, sell here, buy here, sell here, and just kind of have to keep playing this weird back and forth game depending on what the market does. <clears throat> and you do need luck. Just as a heads up, you need a little, you need quite a bit of luck in the beginning. Um, because you got to make sure that everything goes right. You got to make sure all the pieces fall into place for you, you know. And uh, that's the way it goes. I think here. Yeah, so I just kind of, I, I, I just want to see where everything lands. It's going to be fun. I gotta admit, um, one thing that was helping me out with a lot of my anxiety issues was mint tea, and I kind of stopped drinking it, and then realized I've been kind of going on the off the deep edge, deep end a little bit, and I was like, well, let's get back into the tea, man, uh, the mint tea. So uh, here I am again, drinking the mint. But I do, I I sincerely hope this is insightful for people. Um, we're living in a weird era. We're living in a strange era where um, everybody's in the market. <laughs> and that's kind of a reason I bet against it because there are going to be downturns. There's a lot. And first off, if there's a lot of retail investors in the market, a lot of them are not well versed on great investment principles. A lot of them are panic sellers. And that's a huge, huge problem. And if you have a lot of panic sellers in the market, the moment the market dips 2%, it might dip even further because everybody's afraid. Um, unless a lot of people have the more Warren Buffett principle, the Warren Buffett principles intact, where they just keep buying as it dips, which pretty much is what I do. I buy when things dip. It's the simplest investment principle ever, um, especially an index fund, man. If an index fund dips, like when it dips 2%, that's when you buy. That's when you get in. You don't want to miss out on a great you don't want to miss out on a great opportunity, you know. So invest while you can. Um because well, I mean also invest during the crash, man. That's where it's at. But yeah, that's why I always say, you know, keep 30% in stocks and uh Is that a fucking fly? I think there's a moth. Huh. We'll just see what that thing's doing in here in a second. But either way, um, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to make this show pretty short for the most part and just tell you guys to stay intelligent in the game. Um, just keep on doing what you can do. Um, learn what you can learn and play the game the way you can play it. Eh, you'll, you'll win. Trust me. You'll find a way to win. But you got to diversify. Diversification really is more important than you realize. But anyway, thank you guys for taking the time to watch this, 